Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hello. You know... I don't know if you're like me, but when you've gone to large conferences, big meetings, different parts of the country, I've always been really curious about what goes on behind the scenes. Sometimes I've seen some funny things happen that are glitches, and then I've been at conferences where everything just seems to melt like butter. Well, today I am so thrilled to have on the show with me the CEO of a global organization in 40 countries. This is going to be Marie Zimanoff talking to me, and she runs all of these kinds of programs. Here's what I want you to know about Marie. I met her, I spoke at one of her conferences, and from the time I met her, Marie, you have been so calm. So welcome on the show today. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Valerie. I'm excited to be here and really honored that you are having me on your show and it's so good to see you even if it's virtually <laughs> Thank you. And you're in Salt Lake City, so what's the weather up there today? You know, it's been warm here, which is great. Um, they call it false spring, where we know we're going to have some more winter, but it's been a nice break to get outside and get some sunshine. Ah, oh, that's good. Well, uh, two words come to mind when I wrote this uh, kind of ideas about what I wanted to talk about, and the two words are resourcefulness and resilience. And that comes from our discussion. We always, as my listeners know, I always talk to the guest ahead of time. And Marie, I'd love for you to share with us how you got into doing these large conferences where you need resilience and resourcefulness. So tell us a story about how you became CEO of this organization. Well, I guess you could say that I've always been in the right place at the wrong time. <laughs> where I was, I was voluntold into leadership of doing some of these things. So it started in the Colorado Career Development Association. Actually, I was their president, uh, voluntold to do that by someone said, you know, oh, you you'd be great at this, um, and so I did. And they ran conferences, and I got a little bit of a feel for it. I was a helper. I was in charge. I was the MC, but we had a team that ran the conference itself. And then um, I, actually my local Rotary Club said, Marie, would you be interested in helping us run some of these events? But then probably the biggest one was uh, I was president of a national association and we had a conference in Chicago and one of their rooms flooded. So I chose the location without being able to visit it. I had a, a colleague that went and visited it, and it was just a little bit on the small side. It wasn't that big of a deal. But then they had some rains, and we were downtown Chicago, and a third of the room had to be closed off because it flooded. So now you have a hundred and some people shoved into the space that was supposed to be for 70 or 75 people, 
and it was really uncomfortable, but it was it was what we did and it was what we had. So we just went with it. And you learn as you do these events that you just have to go with it. And if you make too big of a deal of things going wrong, it just makes it more wrong, <laughs> uh, more frustrating, more apparent to everyone versus being able to kind of roll with it, figure out what to do next and, and move on. And um, Valerie, I think we were talking about this story where I also used to teach classes at the local workforce center. And I was making coffee for one of the classes and I chose that day to wear a white skirt. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I was making coffee and this the coffee spilled onto my white shirt about five minutes before class was supposed to start. So I went into the restroom, got a paper towel wet, wiped the coffee off of my skirt, flipped my skirt around so that the coffee steam was in the back. <laughs> and taught the class because what else were you going to do when people were there and needing help with their resumes? They didn't care about the coffee on my skirt. <laughs> oh, Marie, I am so visualizing that. I don't think I would have had the state of mind to turn the skirt around. I probably would have just doused myself and apologized. But how creative. Uh, talk about resourcefulness. That's pretty cool. You do, you, you do what you got to do, especially, I think, when you realize as an event person, it's not about you, right? It's about the people that are there and how can you help, help them have the best experience possible. You know, I love that. Thank you for telling me it's about them. Don't we sometimes in our chaotic situations just go into, I do anyway, like, oh my gosh, uh, this is going to look bad. I'm going to look bad. What's going to happen? You know, and so just just your mindset, um, did you just always have that calmness or is that a learned skill? Can we learn that? <laughs> I think you can learn it maybe just by putting yourself in situations over and over again where you <laughs> have to deal with it. I don't know. My mom was a third grade teacher and when I don't if you've ever had an educator in your life, you know that they really don't get sick time or you know, even if they are sick, they have to go in and plan the lesson for that day for the substitute to do. And so there was that in elementary school, my mom was a teacher, so you know maybe she was a little bit more accessible. But in middle school and high school, it wasn't like I could call my mom if I forgot something. She was teaching class and she couldn't bring it to me. And a lot of people grow up in that situation, but I think that was part of it, was that it wasn't, I couldn't be bailed out. I couldn't go home and get things. My house was quite a bit outside of town, away from school. So I think it started then, that you just have to deal with what you have and go with it. Um, and, and make the best of what, what you have. Well, you certainly have made the best, it sounds like, throughout all of your career of running large organizations. So for those people who haven't had an educator, and I'm one, in my life, uh, if you were coaching, because I know you do that, if you were coaching someone and trying to help them stay calm in difficult situations, what kinds of things would you help them with? What would you say? Well, I think, as you noted earlier, to really look at the bigger picture and to have that opportunity to laugh at it. So I, I get this opportunity a lot lately because <laughs> I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and they're always doing something that maybe you would prefer they don't do. And you can make a big deal out of it, and you've got to choose, is this something that I'm going to make a big deal out of, or am I just going to laugh and not worry about it? And 
you have to know what is important to make the event go and to make people comfortable and what isn't as important and you can let that go or turn it into something that builds community and people really want to help, mm-hmm. which is something that I'm still working on, um, you know, making that a place where people can help and I don't have to feel like I'm doing it all by myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we get stressed out, we can isolate and think, oh, I need to do this. I need to have all the answers. And especially when we're in stress, looking to those people that can help us. Mm -hmm. And in what way might them helping us actually build our relationship or build that community? Mm, I love that. And isn't it true when when someone asks me for help, if they say, Valerie, I could use help on, there's something, Marie, about just the word help that isn't it true that kind of just takes you back and of course I'll help you there's that of course I'll help you kind of a moment that goes through at least my mind so again people who don't or haven't yet learned to ask for help how would you advise them to learn to do that I'm working on planning ahead for the help So that it's not something I have to do when I'm stressed out, because when I'm stressed out, again, everyone usually tends to isolate and it becomes more challenging Mm -hmm. to ask for help. So planning ahead to ask for help, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this isn't something I'd recommend to everyone, but when we ran our, actually my first career thought leaders conference was in Denver, and I happened to be seven months pregnant when we held the event, and I was trying on dresses before. I packed and I said, oh, you know, this one makes me look pregnant. And my husband just started laughing and he's like, yes, you are. And maybe it's a good thing if you look pregnant because people will offer to help you because you know you have trouble asking for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's very good of your husband to kind of put it in reality. You can't hide that, Marie. (laughs) Yes, yes. When you talk about some of these good advices that you've just given, uh, I would love for you to share with us your background, your your strength of character, and where all of these values have come from. Tell us a little bit about that before I get back into career thought leaders. What was it like growing up? Yeah, it was one of those things that you don't think about that much until you start to realize people's differences and, of course, pluses and minuses from our backgrounds. I grew up, uh, my mom is fifth generation Swedish, and we were very deep in her family. We um, hung out with her family a lot, and her father was actually a farmer in the western Iowa, and you saw the resilience, right? And the resourcefulness that you had to do things with what you had. They lived probably 20 miles outside of the closest town, which was about, Mm. you know, three or 4,000 people. So that piece of it started from very early in my life and obviously even before my life of the resilience, the resourcefulness. And then the Swedish background and the way that it presented itself, at least in our family of origin, was very calm, very collected. You didn't share your emotions very much, but you also were there to support people in a very calm and collected way. And there's 
you know, great benefits to that, the calm that comes, the ability to kind of step in and help people without getting too emotional, emotionally involved. I was a lifeguard early in life. So that, you know, that was helpful during that period of my life as well. The pieces that I've had to work on is to be a little bit more vulnerable, to share my emotions and to realize that there is great value in doing that as well. And that I can balance the two. I can tell, tell my story, share a little bit about myself, which in that, you know, family of origin wasn't necessarily things something that people would do, mm-hmm. and I can bring that calm and resourcefulness when I need it. So, trying to build where I have the both, best of both worlds, both through that learned behavior and then the the emotional piece that I can add in by learning now. And isn't that the great thing about all of us is that we can take the good and then change to be the things that we want to add to our toolbox, mm-hmm. so that we can be even better in the work that we do. Well, isn't that the truth? The day that we become perfect, I don't know where we'll be. I won't even, you know, I'll be under the ground and I will have missed it totally. <laughs> so thank you. For, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being vulnerable on that. And I think that's a really good point. Tell us about Career Thought Leaders. It's a big organization, 40 countries. Um, so how did you become CEO of the organization and what is it? It's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about continuing to run in-person events in this day of virtual networking is that I met Louise Kersmark, who used to own um, Career Thought Leaders with Wendy Enelo at a conference. She was teaching a class and I was in that class. And then I stayed in connection with them and saw them at other conferences, built a relationship had them as a partner in some of the organizations that I was a part of. And so when they were looking to move on, Wendy actually called me and said, Marie, would you be interested in purchasing Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy? It's a business that grew out of Career Masters Alliance that started in the early 90s or maybe even in the late 80s depending on where you where you see that start and then really evolved they've always had in-person events and started doing some virtual things early on and now we do a lot virtually obviously with those 40 countries many of those are are virtual Um, although the conference that you spoke at was in madrid spain so we are international presence on the ground as well we have board members um, in europe as well so trying to get into the world of career development, career management, leadership management, and build the skills of the people in that line of work so that they can better help their clients and be prepared to prepare their clients Mm -hmm. for what work will look like tomorrow. So, okay, Marie, so your sweet spot, if if people are listening, um, I'm hearing you say it's for coaches, it's for people who have who write resumes it's for give us the real specifics for those people who are listening and say oh okay that's that's kind of what i do maybe i should look at career thought leaders yeah it's careers professionals so they're focused on helping people manage or build their career and a little bit of that is the leadership development side coaches personal branding strategists resume writers And we are kind of an umbrella organization. So we serve people at the universities, at the workforce centers, military transition offices, those in independent practice, 
And those that work within corporations, that's kind of our growing piece right now is people that work in corporations doing career development there. So if you work and help people manage their careers, job search, advanced leadership development, we have a community for you to join and talk to other people about what's going on in this space and how do we be more effective in helping clients manage really what is an uncertain world today in terms of the world of work. Okay, that's really clear. Thank you for that. Because I have to tell you, I was extremely impressed with the conference that you put together. I couldn't uh, and still can't imagine putting on one in another country and all that must go on. Was there anything funny that maybe has happened in putting on conferences? Oh, there's, you know, you should make a blooper reel. (laughs) Um, I know that I have tripped on stage at least once. Thankfully, I don't know that I've ever fallen down. Um, There's always something that's happening in the background that's funny. Oh, probably one of my funniest is that I was up on stage telling the group that we were going to do a three-hour tour. And it was a bus tour. It's going to be three hours. And everybody in the audience started laughing. And I was like, I don't understand why you're laughing. And this tends to be a little bit older group than me. And they said, oh, three-hour tour. And I was like, I still have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) And someone's like, Gilligan's Island? I'm like, oh, sorry, wrong decade. (laughs) I never watched that show. (laughs) So I I did not mean to offend them, and I don't think I did. But it was one of those times where I was up on stage completely clueless as to what was going on in in the audience. And as always, you probably just floated right on through that without any resilience, right? You had resilience. You know, you said something when our conversation, Marie, I thought was very powerful. You said, I learned from my mom. I am, and that's important. I am, and that's important. What does Mm -hmm. that mean? Well, so it's that mix, right, of that you are who you are and you bring value to everything that you do and that we are always improving and that that's not a bad thing. You don't have to improve, right? That perfectionist piece can say, oh, I need to improve for people to like me or to, you know, be accepted. But that I also always want to improve just to be better at what I do, to deliver more value, but that it doesn't impact my value as a human. And I think that takes a long time for many of us to figure out that we don't have to be perfect to be valued, to be loved, to deserve uh, respect and, and, and love. And yet we can continue to thrive and to seek and to drive ourselves forward, even though we know that we have value as in our current state. And there's always some kind of tension there between being happy with who I am and yet want, wanting that drive to continue to build and grow and seek, um, to explore, to have adventure, and to also offer more value to the people that I serve. Well, what's coming to my mind as you're saying that, Marie, is um, the difference between wanting to improve versus prove and Mm. it's interesting to me in uh, many of the clients that I do executive coaching with oftentimes for whatever reason someone is trying to prove their worth Mm. 
prove their ability, prove they can do this. And without getting philosophical, there's a difference between having that mindset of I've got to prove myself versus I want to improve and be the best that I can be. So I just thought I'd tag on to that. You, uh, Ooh, I like that. you like that? Yeah, that's great. You can oh, steal it. What a, way, what a can, way to sum that up. Okay. <laughs> You also said, you, you gave me some really good teachable points of view that we like to always ask our guests to share. And, of course, the one we've already talked about, Murphy's Law. I just think that's hilarious. Murphy's Law, if something's going to go wrong, it will. And, and be prepared. The other one I wanted to ask you about was, don't let the goal be the driver, there was a lot about process in that, business acumen. So talk to us about that. <laughs> so it's funny that uh, it's become a business acumen point because it actually started related to a much more personal issue. My husband and I were having trouble getting pregnant, and I realized that that goal, I didn't have control over it, right? None of us do. Mm-hmm. But I had control over the process. So what did I want to do? What was I willing to do? And you ever know someone in that situation there's so much misinformation and you should do this or you should do that stop eating everything don't don't move go on vacation and so it was like okay that's the part of this that I have control over is the process I don't have control over the goal and that's when I learned that lesson and then I said okay this probably applies to everything that I do that if I want to get my business to a certain place I don't really have control over that and I probably can't even see what the best outcome is gonna look like. But I can set a vision. I can say these are the things that I'm looking forward to and that I wanna accomplish. But then really I have to be in control over the process. What am I gonna do every day to try to achieve those goals? And how am I gonna recognize when what I'm doing isn't leading me towards the goal but also, maybe even more importantly, realize when the, the universe is offering me something that maybe I couldn't even see was part of the goal. And if our goal is too brick-like, you know, if our goal is this kind of molded brick that's all hard, then we might miss out on opportunities and we might feel kind of weighted down by that goal versus I like to have the analogy of the goal being clay, that you formed something and you see the vision, but then it's malleable enough that when the vision shifts or when you see a new way that it could look, that you can change that and remold it into something that fits more for where you're going. And the person that I, I was listening to this webinar and it was kind of like, you don't know more than the universe. You don't know better than the universe. And yet we connect a lot of our happiness to that goal uh-huh. that maybe isn't even the, the best goal for us. So it was, it was a kind of mind changing uh-huh. event for me just to think about it differently. You know, that's so interesting because goal setting, um, the reality is we used to have goals for the next five years. And then it was, well, what are your goals for the next three years? And then not so long ago, it was, what are your goals for the year? Well, you know what? I just asked my clients to tell me their goals for three months, knowing that in this crazy changing world as just as you said it's clay so i really like that teachable point of view i like that don't let the goal be the driver i'll i'll remember that one 
Derek, have you got that one up? That's a good one. Um, so let's get personal here about <laughs> these kids that you finally do have and how precious they are. Tell us about the family and how you're keeping the family your number one priority with all these other things going on. Well, it's so challenging for us moms and dads, especially with young young children, isn't it, to balance that um, being at home when we're at home and being a sole business owner. All of my staff are are virtual, so my time I have to really manage myself and. I like to feel like when I am done at the end of the day, it's all about them. And getting on the floor is one of the things my mother-in-law said to me, that she wished she'd gotten on the floor more and played with her kids. So I get on the floor and I play with them and that's their time. And then really focus on doing my work and taking care of my business and myself during you know, this time, my business time, if you will. And we talk a lot about gratitude and one of the things that I've read about gratitude that I really love people say you know I'll have a gratitude journal and write three things down at the end of the day and that's a great way to do it but then I read somewhere that said to have gratitude markers and so when you're going through your day have something that you look at that reminds you to have gratitude and so what I've done is taken what some people might see as causing stress, which are the toys that are around my house, yeah. and turn them into gratitude markers. And I remember that when I see a toy that's in my way, um, it's a little bit harder when I step on a Lego, but <laughs> those are my gratitude markers. And I remember to be grateful that not everyone, I, I still know people, you meet a lot of people that struggle to have kids when, you, when you're struggling to have kids. And I still know people that haven't been able to. And what you know, what a better way to have gratitude about that every day and to remember to have gratitude about that instead of getting frustrated. So mm. it's, it's a lot of coaching yourself <laughs> yeah. daily to, to, to separate the two and, and integrate the two so that you're living and working and, and enjoying all of it mm. as much as possible. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And there's something now we know even uh, by research that there's something very powerful if you do just that if you have your little talks to yourself i have them to myself all day long marie i don't know about you <laughs> but at the beginning of every day i say to myself what i'm grateful for and as i put my head on that pillow i do and i actually in working with a client and suggesting that to her she said marie it was literally a a pivot in her whole mindset because she saw a different perspective that came when she did that for a couple of weeks so that's great I love that so your kids are how old and their names one yeah they're one and three <laughs> Colin and Raylan little boys two little boys one and three and they are busy <laughs> They are so is mom. I, what I remember about being a speaker for you in Spain last year was that you were actually pregnant, very pregnant, with your little one, and you got on the plane right after that conference. You said you were going to China right after that conference. I don't know how you did that, Marie, but you did, didn't you? 
it was so much fun. And now my, my one-year-old, I'll tell him that he's gone around the world because we went to Madrid <laughs> and then I flew to Beijing and then flew um, around around the world the way home. But, you know, you can't, I guess maybe it goes along to the very beginning of our discussion. I, I don't want to let those types of things get in my way of having an adventure, doing the things I want to do, and really getting to meet some really interesting people. Uh, Beijing was just fascinating. And about five years ago, so when I first started doing maybe six, this personal branding work, I had written a headline, uh, Marie Zimanoff to present in Asia. And I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know where it would go. But when I got the opportunity to present at a conference in Beijing, it, even though I was going to be pregnant, it was, yes, yes, I will go. And it was it was an amazing experience. Well, and if you hadn't gone, you would have missed that. So there again, that's resourcefulness and resilience. Really good. Are there any, um, let's see, I want to ask you about just, again, back to your calmness. I'm going to rub up against the screen here and see if it'll rub off a little bit. But what about (laughs) things that bother you in business? Are there any triggers that you're willing to share? Ooh, when someone does this or doesn't do that, is there anything within your staff that you've had to share with them that might not set well? So I tend to be somewhat fiercely loyal once uh, someone's kind of in my community. And I had invited a speaker to speak at a conference and they had some really serious personal issues going on and they came anyways. And they were up on stage and they made a joke that was not really the right joke for the audience. Mm. It wasn't rude or derogatory. It just wasn't perhaps the best taste. And I've been there before, right? When you're supposed to be speaking and you've got stuff going on, so your mind isn't really there. You're not maybe controlling your mouth (laughs) as much as you usually would. And I had um, someone come in and talk to me after that presentation. They were just rude and mean about this presenter, more so than the remark I felt really called for. And... I had to leave the room because I was just so upset, not necessarily that this person was being rude, but that we just don't give each other any benefit of the doubt. We, she didn't know what was going on with this person's family, and I couldn't tell her, and, you know, I shouldn't have to, but just giving each other the, the courtesy and the kindness to ask what's going on, to think, oh, you know, maybe they didn't really know the audience um, whatever it might be, but I, I hate, I don't want to use the word hate, it's always upsetting to me when people are so harsh about each other. Mm. I've sat in conferences where people say, oh, you know, I knew everything that that presenter talked about. Well, that's up to you, right, mm-hmm. as, as an attendee to find that nugget. Mm-hmm. And yes, we want to give our feedback and our speakers want to be as good as they can be, mm. um, but just to may, remain as as positive as we can in our feedback so that people can hear it and and do something with it and to realize that everyone always has something going on that we know nothing about which is one of those cliches Um, but i saw it that day and it was really hard to see people treat someone badly when they had such painful things going on in their life and made a point to be there anyways Well, Marie, thank you for that wisdom, because uh, on a lot of levels, as a speaker, I often wonder, 
do do the people in the audience know how much time and energy and depth of thought goes into what is being presented and that goes to then even in the everyday workplace give thought to as you said people didn't know what was going on in that person's life and so next time we and I'll, I'll talk for myself too so you know when you tell someone something you got to look at it in their eyes too to always think about well what was the intent here did someone really have bad intentions uh, and so yes I think what you just shared is is really a good way of thinking just about anything in your life you don't know what's going on in someone else's life and oftentimes I have personally found out, me included, some pretty bad stuff often is going on and maybe no one really knows it. So kindness, we need more kindness. I totally agree with that. You know what, Marie, I can see why you are the CEO of this large organization. And I wanna thank you for taking the time and being with me and sharing all the things that you have. And I also want people to know how, if they are interested in knowing more about your organization, we're gonna put this up on the screen, I hope now, uh, but verbalize it. Where can they find out more about uh, career thought leaders? Yeah, so it's careerthoughtleaders.com, and uh, we're on LinkedIn. You can connect with us. You can connect with me. Happy to share information with you and build our community and have you as part of our community. And Valerie, I would just say, you know, assuming positive in intent, assuming that people are trying to do the best they can do is really the best that we can do. And it's so hard. It seems so simple, but it's so hard mm -hmm. to get our minds around judging and, and assuming. And just, you know, people are doing the best that they can do. And thank you so much for this show and the message that you share, helping people tell their stories and getting the story out there of, of people doing it right, as you do, <laughs> and have been doing for so long. It, it's, it's such a, a great pleasure to be connected to you and to follow your example oh thank you so much mutual admiration admiration society well and you <laughs> the reason that uh, you're successful is because of all the things you've talked about you're real you're authentic you're living your values you're demonstrating integrity you're doing it right Marie and you have how many members now at this juncture well, we aren't a membership-driven organization, so we have members, uh, about 400 of them. Then we have about 1,500 people that hold our certifications, but we specifically don't require membership for our certifications so that they're more accessible, especially to people in universities and workforce centers. And in our community, we probably have about 5,000 that join our community events in some way or connect with us on social media in a meaningful way. So we've got about 5,000, as you said, in, in 40 countries and growing, trying to help career development be understood and recognized and credible as an industry 
and the way that it changes people's lives and loving what they do every week for maybe 40, hopefully 40, 50, but maybe 80 hours uh, in their week. So thank you again, Valerie. You're welcome. And uh, to that point, you had, I was told, 1,500 people go through one of your courses, at least one of your courses, and get certified. So do go on to the site, careerthoughtleaders.com, easy to find. And Marie is the kind of person that if you wanted to email her directly, I know she'd answer just like I would. So that's it for today. I want to thank her again for being on the show. And now I want to share with you the Valerieism for today. And here it is. When change happens, it helps to change your mindset, that is. <laughs> and here's a story about it. Marie shared some things and other guests have too. I'm going to tell you what happened to me when I first got married. I did not have stability in our marriage for 15 years, and I came from the kind of a background that really needed stability. And so here I married my wonderful husband I'm still married to today, and what did he do? He became a salesperson for IBM, and that meant I've been moved. So for 15 years, I was packing and unpacking and packing and unpacking and packing and unpacking for 15 years. We moved about every two years, and we lived in about six to seven different cities. Part of the time, he didn't go to the, or he went to a city and I stayed home and raised my three kids. Now, what I want to say about that was it was interesting because actually I didn't have a choice, but because I didn't have a choice, I did change my perspective. I just figured, well, what am I going to do about it? This is out of my control. He's going forward in his career. This is all good. And every move, I found myself getting more and more excited about, well, I wonder who I'll find in this city. I wonder who my friends will be. I wonder what new things I'll learn. And sure enough, when you change your mindset, I, in fact, did learn some new things, have friends from all over the country, and it ended up being wonderful. So keep that in mind. And, by the way, don't forget that if something today was impactful, the first 10 people, 10 people who will send me a note that says, this is what I learned from the podcast today, I will send you an article related to what we talked about, one of 120 articles that I wrote for Southwest Airlines magazine over 10 years. So I've got a lot of these articles. If you're one of 10, you be sure and send that to Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. What did you learn? And I'll send you this article. It was interesting last week when I said this, guess who was the first one to send me an article? Jeff Sinelli, who is the CEO of Witch Witch. And he wrote a quick note and he said I wonder if I'm the first so Jeff if you're listening yes you were and I hope you liked the article until next time you just stay authentic live your brand and be real talk to you then thanks for listening to receive Valerie's voice free monthly leadership tips and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching visit her website valerieandcompany.com next week we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.